Hey, it's Gavin. Welcome to the Four Friends and Family Podcast. It's Tuesday, April 21st. It's 4.23 in the afternoon here in Los Angeles, and it is quite nice outside. We've had a little bit of rain, but things are going well. Currently, around the world, there are 2.5 million people with confirmed cases uh, of COVID. Uh, there have been 176,000 deaths. And the good, I always like to end with the good side. There's 679,000 people that have recovered. On the line with me is real estate maven and just pure all-around genius, David Ivakovic. Welcome, David. David Ivkovic. No, that's not how you say Whatever. your name. It's not how you say your name. <laughs> it's actually Ivkovic, but I just say Ivkovic. It's it forgive it. Now, what did I say? Ivakovic? I, I, uh, whatever. I don't know, but I, I think this is like my people get my name all the time wrong. Yeah. They're always like, they always go Gary McGavin. Hey, Gary, how's it going? Gary? No, my name's actually Gavin. <laughs> what is it? Your last name? McGarry? McGarry, yeah. McGarry, oh, wow. actually. But, you know, Nick. I never thought that it was such, when you grow up with your own name, right? So, um, how do you say, so you spell your name. How do you spell your name? I-V-K-O-V-I-C, but there's an accent goo. There's three C's <laughs> in the Croatian accent, C, K, and Ch. And yeah. mine has a Ch, which is the accent goo. And it's Ivkovic, but I just say Ivkovic. Ivkovic. It doesn't have the accent, but when you watch like soccer or tennis, yeah. all the oh. tennis stars, you oh. know, they all have those names and you see all the accents on it. Okay. Well, I've known you a long time. I've known you like, what, six or seven years, and I've never yeah. got your name right, and I don't even apologize for it because it's That's really like, hard to do. Well, you, no apology needed. <laughs> All right. Let's talk real estate because I'm very interested. Uh, now we're you know we're into this thing, um, and my understanding is that you know the real estate business here in Los Angeles and around the world is a bit of a mess. Uh, can just tell everyone a little bit about what you do, what you sell, where you sell, um, and that sort of stuff. Okay. I started my real estate career in Toronto. I was a realtor there, residential real estate downtown, doing mostly condos. And then my wife's an actor and we moved to Los Angeles. Um, and I started doing real estate here in LA. Um, How long have you been doing here? Uh, since 2010. Wow. So two years in Toronto and then I guess, yeah, just pushing 10 years here in LA. And I make a living. So, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I was reading yeah. that I was reading that real estate agents, there's like three business, you know, jobs that people think made a lot of, like make a lot of money, but they don't. And one of them was real estate. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a feast or famine type business. I, I work for myself. So it's always just been me where I don't have a team or an assistant. And so my I don't have some crazy marketing budget. So it's kind of I work at more of a concierge personal services type mm -hmm. uh, business. It's more manageable for me and because I'm also an actor. So it allows me to still do uh, commercial auditions. I don't like book a movie and disappear for a month. So I'm always available for clients, but I still want to, you know, I'm an actor as well. So I still want to, you know, have a piece of that dream. So I do a couple commercials a year and sell, you know, the goal is always 12 units a year and, and if I can achieve that, I'm actually really happy. You know, so I've balanced 12, 12 units. You mean by 12 houses? Yeah. 12 houses, condos, townhouses, whatever. Yeah. yeah what do you specialize in? Is there an area and like, how does, how does well, the LA real estate market work? It's such a big city. So if you kind of, you know, if your listeners know Toronto, so uh, my listeners are from all over the world. So, yeah, but anyway, so using Toronto or LA or New York, well, I, I don't know New York, but you know, when you use a big city, LA is everywhere is important. There's no, there is downtown, but there's no like downtown isn't really 
important. It's just another area where, you know, when I worked in Toronto, if you lived downtown, downtown, it was like the center. And that's where the most important kind of, uh, most people did business and lived downtown unless you had families and you started moving out to the suburbs where here downtown is just another area. So here everywhere is important. You, you know, people from, from Venice beach all the way to the Valley, which is, I don't know how many miles, but it's far, but you, each area has its own significance and there's no one central area where most people live and which makes LA real estate very difficult because there's a lot of traveling. And so I, when I moved here, I specialized in Canadians moving to LA just because we didn't go through the major uh, housing bubble mm -hmm. uh, back in 20, 2009, 10, the way they did here. So, and the dollar was at par or above the American dollar. So there's Canadians were the number one foreign investor of us real estate. So I oh, had wow. a lot of clients that were buying down here um, because the dollar was so strong and they would buy everywhere. So I learned the city so well just by virtue of my clients saying, well, what about this area? So we just would go and learn that area and drive everywhere because there's no one, again, central place. Well, how about now when the dollar is so bad? I mean, it's like 30, bad 30 percent. Yeah. So that business dried up the whole Canadian. So Canadians are you LA. doing, do you do mostly Canadians now or do you do a lot of people who are native? Mostly American. As I, as I became, you know, over a decade living here, I've shifted my business to more kind of Americans, I would say, or Canadians that live down here and, and have set up roots down here, not just transplants where before it was like an actors, I all oh, buy a condo, the dollar's cheap and I'll invest down there. Mm -hmm. That clientele's dried up just because the dollar is so shitty right now. Do you, spe um, do you specialize in a certain area or a certain like, um, you know, that they say that there's no one's buying any in, in L.A., no one's buying any homes over five million. You know, I've heard that sort of stuff. So where 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 do most of your homes sort of fall into? What I don't do that ultra high net worth clientele. I'd love to. You sell a couple of those and you're kind of, so. you know, <laughs> cruising for the rest of the year. Uh, for me, mine is between, yeah, 500 to 2 million is mm -hmm. kind of my bread and butter. And is, um, is, real, is, yeah. is LA real estate here ex, is, is expensive compared to other places? Not compared to other major urban centers. So when you compare it to Vancouver, Toronto, New York, uh, San Francisco, it's relative. Uh, I always say that Los Angeles is a world city. So, you know, if you're living in Toledo, Ohio, you're not dealing with people from abroad that are, you know, United Arab Emirates investors or Australian or English, where here you have world money coming in to invest. So it's it's different. That's why I specialize in a lot of relocation, not just Canadians. I had uh, Chinese investor clients and uh, clients from the UK. So I deal with people because it's a world city like New York that might not be susceptible to local market trends or fluctuations. They have money and they come here and buy because it's one of those world cities like San Francisco, New York, Vancouver, Toronto. Mm. So yeah. where, how has COVID affected your business? Uh, it's dried up. <laughs> so um, I've had two potential listings like sellers that were ready to sell. And I had, listing appointments with both of them 
we did both one over the phone and one over Skype or it was on FaceTime, I think, or WhatsApp. But anyway, it was um, just because it had just hit and um, he had two. Uh, the guy has two children. He didn't want me in his house and vice versa. I don't want to go into someone's house house either. Um, and then he was debating on whether to sell or not and then decided to hold off. Mm-hmm. Just it, it, It's so uncertain. I always say like, if you it, places that are on the market right now were listed prior to everything happening or the seller needs to sell yeah. and then the people that are buying now aren't affected financially by what's happening and are taking advantage of the market uncertainty and other buyers that have dropped off because of financial insecurity. So, so there. Yeah. Do you think that. Um, it's a good time to buy because it clearly doesn't seem like a good time to sell, but it seems like it might be a really yes. good time to buy. It has shifted to a buyer's market. Um, because it was a seller's bad. market before this. Yes, it was. It was a seller's market and it, uh, all indications pointed to it continuing to be a seller's market. Uh, but then of course COVID hit and it, it changed in a day. So, you know, the, the, a seller that was getting, uh, you know, over asking or a quick sale in a or not April, but uh, February that shifted in March. And now uh, a lot of deals have fallen through. Uh, there's new addendums that have come out through the California Association of Realtors, which allowed buyers to back out of deals that were already um, in in Canada, we'd say firm here. We say pending where if the deal was pending, which means it was uh, funded and going to close a buyer was able to back out of the deal due to health or financial reasons um, where before they would have lost their deposit if they had done something like that. But now because of COVID, they, uh, had the ability to back out of a deal because they may have lost their job. So they wouldn't have been able to, you know, pay their mortgage anymore. So is it, is, is it a bit of a domino effect then? Yes. So that I, I had one, um, one colleague said that they had sold a place, the buyer backed out, the seller had bought another place, and then they were now considering backing out of that place. So it's like one, two, three, four, four wow. transactions affected in, in, at once. So yeah, it's scary. It's fragile. You know? and if you need that money <laughs> to get out, uh, I have one client currently. We're in escrow, um, which is the 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 name of how the transactions work in California. So we were in transaction uh, in escrow with an accepted offer. My buyer had bought just at the beginning of everything and everything was going well. And then we had to extend escrow because of the stay at home orders. Um, he wasn't able to make arrangements to move. So we extended escrow and then it just got to the point where the second time they in, um, extended the stay at home orders, he backed out. Oh, wow. Because he was allowed to through the COVID addendum. It's called the, um, yeah, CVA. It's a COVID, uh, COVID addendum that allows buyers to back out. But uh, the seller, who I guess had no other options, agreed to extend escrow now a, a second or third time uh, um, just to allow the buyer more time to 
make arrangements while we wait to see if this stay-at-home order is extended. And that's not normal. No, you know, once you know, there's an issue. The lender needs a couple more days because the underwriting uh, is waiting for some bank statements. But to extend once, twice, three times, uh, no, not at all. The buyer would uh, issue a notice to perform and the buyer's deposit would be at risk. And then I would advise my buyer to just back out because, um, you know, the likelihood of the deal going through is low. But in this instance, the buyer still wants it, but just wants to have some assurance that he can actually hire a moving company, walk into the place. Mm -hmm. You know, now there's another form called the PEAD, which is uh, the permission entry access uh, addendum or something. I don't know all the acronyms, but it's a PEAD, which every time I show a house, we have to sign and submit this declaring that we understand that, you know, we're putting it ourselves at risk by entering a property. So, oh, really? So that they're yeah. now saying that it's now your responsibility. If the, you go into a property and it may have COVID in it, that's nothing to do with the buyer or the seller. Yeah, I think that's that's up to you. Yeah. So I have a client right now. He, he's a cash buyer. So again, where you know someone who's not affected by this, he has cash, and we've been looking at properties this week, and we wear gloves and masks. And uh, I stay clear from him. He goes in and looks at the property. And every uh, appointment we make, we have to sign for each individual address this uh, PEAD or PEAD form um, declaring. So one from me, one from him to the seller saying that we understand, um, you know, the risks involved of entering this domicile, this property. (laughs) So, yeah, things have definitely changed. Now, um there have been a bunch of changes. Like we just sold our place in Toronto, a condo in Toronto. Um, and, uh, we went to sign it and it was right in the middle of COVID. Like this was like three weeks ago or something. Right. And, and they actually up in Canada changed the laws to allow the, that we didn't have to be in person. We could do it on a zoom call with the lawyer, which is never done. Like you have to go to the the lawyer, you have to sign it and witness it. And and the lawyer has to be there. And now our lawyer was saying, no, they just changed this in two days, which normally would have taken like 10 years. They did it in two days so that people could sign and they could keep real estate going. Have there been any changes like that in California? Yeah. So uh, California actually, it's messed up with certain things in the transaction because I was a realtor in Canada, which is very actually streamlined in terms of paperwork and having a lawyer as part of the transaction Mm -hmm. in California, they don't use lawyers as part of the transaction, which I think is stupid, but that's another uh, topic for uh, a podcast. But um, here everything's done over email. So it's called DocuSign or they have electronic signatures. So you can do 99.9% of the transaction via electronic signature. The only thing that you do need to be in person is, to sign the loan documents, which uh, has to be done in front of a notary. And I just experienced this because my wife and I bought a place in August and since the since COVID, the interest rates here have dropped and we refinanced our mortgage rate and we just signed our documents last week. Uh, they sent a mobile notary um, who had all the documents that he left them on our front porch and he stood uh, like six, 10 feet away from us, went through all the documents, 
Um, and then the one thing is you have to do a, an ink thumbprint on his notary pad. Yeah. So that was the only thing that we had to do physically in person with him. But every single part of the, uh, the loan documents and signing, everything was done via electronic signature. Um, so yes, but how, well, the, the way you had to do a, thing. you had to do a thumbprint. Like, isn't yeah, that like, when, isn't that, so do they, do they bring you a, you know, the ink, is it a brand new one so that they make sure that you're not going to be like, isn't that a giant risk right there? It could be. Yeah. So my wife and I went and, um, uh, washed our hands right away. <laughs> so that's the one thing. So it, it, yeah, if you're buying a property, you have to, sign the loan documents with the in front of a notary and that hasn't been changed electronically so yeah you could you don't know who else touched that ink thing because i know he said he had another appointment that day so i right away went and washed my hands he had pens that he said had been sanitized was he wearing a mask and all that yeah he had a mask and gloves he said he printed all the documents out with gloves on um he's you know he dropped them off and then once we finished signing everything uh, we walked away and he grabbed the paperwork, went mm. to, into his car, made sure everything was correct, and then texted me after to say it was all fine and then left the paper, our copy of the paperwork on our doorstep. Mm. So, yeah, right, other right. than touching the ink pad and his pens. <laughs> which <laughs> which, are, which could be full of COVID. It's um, true. And that's right. why we washed our hands. But I mean, we, yeah. we got a good rate. So <laughs> that's it's worth it. Said. It was worth the exposure. Yeah. Um, yeah well, so. as we wind down here, um, I just got a few minutes left. I just wanted to, you know, what's the, what does the future look like? Now you must be talking with lots of other real estate agents and trying to get an idea of what's going to happen. Like what's your best guess? What, what are some of the things that are going to infect your industry that maybe we don't think about as the general public? That's a good question. Um, showings, I think like, you know, we're, I touch so many doorknobs and keys <laughs> and that's where they say a lot of stuff is. So I don't know, like not shaking clients' hands all the time or I think just in general, that kind of thing, like meeting well, agents. Driving around and, clients in cars to take them to yeah. appointments. So I, it's funny you say that too, because my client and I, I usually, you know, sometimes I can see 12 properties in a day and I always drive with my clients. Until this is done, I will be meeting my clients at the property. I don't shake anyone's hands. I, I have gloves that I even sanitize the gloves when I come back in the car. I, you know, have hand sanitizer to put on my my gloves. Um, yeah, it's. And you're wearing masks just, and also. I wear a mask. Yeah. My client wears a mask. I wear a mask. But um, people are, but people are still going to the houses because I thought, or I read online a little bit, like from a real estate perspective, they're, they're doing a lot of like, you know, virtual, video, tours. Yeah, virtual tours, but the, the real estate agent is going in and, and taking them on a tour and um, through a, you know, video camera or well, through. It depends. It's by seller discretion. So some of the properties that we've seen or most of them have been vacant, luckily. Uh, okay. So we haven't been in contact with other agents or sellers. There are a lot of properties that we're seeing where they say that uh, in you can only have access unless there's an accepted offer, mm. which means like you have to look at the virtual tour and then be okay with the property, submit an offer, negotiate, accept the terms, and then you can access the property, oh. which is scary for a lot of buyers because they're like, well, unless I have boots on the ground, I don't know what I'm buying. Yeah. And a virtual tour is only so insightful you know until you actually walk in 
uh, it's hard, especially with the it's the largest investment of your life and you can't even see it. So yeah. I, I think for a lot of people, they're going to wait it out um, unless, you know, we've been lucky. We've been seeing vacant properties. But even then, you don't know who was in before that. Did mm-hmm. the guy cough? And I walked in 20 minutes later. So mm-hmm. I, I'm concerned for my own safety um, when I do it. So I, I never take my mask off again. I um, and then, yeah, the big thing, virtual tours. But even with that, you are now inviting the photographer, videographer into your home yeah. to shoot the video. So now it's like, well, where did that dude come from? And, um, and do they have this? They have to go through that that same certification. I believe that you- so. Like, just I don't know if uh, if that person does, but yeah, like anyone entering the property w- should have to sign that if they're a party to the transaction or hmm. in the world of it. So any inspector. And yeah, a photographer too, even prior to a sale happening during this time, I would make them because you could say, well, I was working and I got sick while I was shooting that property. Well, it's like, well, you signed the form. You can't sue me now. You know, you accepted that job. You didn't have to come and take pictures of my my house. So I would have that person sign the the form as well. Now, have you, have, do, do you, have you taken the test or have you been, do you know whether you have COVID or not? Do you have to do I that? I have not been tested. No, okay. uh, I've been not out as much as I can. My wife and I stay inside. Do you think you've had it? No, I don't okay. believe I have. Okay. But do you think no. you might've been exposed to it? I don't think so. No. Yeah. And not, it's really, that, it's really weird, yeah. right? Like it's, it's, it's just such a bizarre time. Like when you hear you, it's like a tsunami, like hearing you talk about your business is that these are like the little things you're talking about, like not shaking all the things that are really important for a yeah. real estate agent to build that bond, that relationship with your client. You can't do like you, they can't even see your face. They have to like, no, you have to be yeah, there with a mask. You got to, you can't yeah. shake their hand. And if you do, it's uncomfortable. It's everyone's, uh, you know, up in arms and, and those little, those little nuances are what can sell houses. Right. So it's, it's, yeah. Especially with my business. Cause I'm, I, again, I say I'm concierge, like I'm personal. So you call me, I answer, you need me, I'm there kind of thing. And that's, so that's are you going to, are you going to get like some sort of certification to make your, your, um, <laughs> your, your clients, how are you going to make your f- clients feel great in this concierge? What's other, and then we'll wrap it up, but w- what are the things are you adding to make people feel more comfortable or what are things or what are people asking for that you're providing? Well, the main thing when I was speaking to the seller, um, before he decided to wait, uh, you know, we were just kind of going through a game plan of how to make the home safe for people to view it and it was like where everyone who walks in has to wear booties you know like those dust booties Mm -hmm. a mask and gloves they can't touch anything while in the property so things like that can they open doors and stuff can you are you allowed to open that's a good question that would be it's all seller discretion because if you have an elderly parent that lives in that property i would just wait i wouldn't want anyone in that property if it's vacant the likelihood is lower uh if you have children you know you don't want them exposed anyone exposed what about open houses can you do open houses no yeah open houses are banned actually so things like that so showings are still allowed open houses are not so you're not allowed to do open houses. So what some agents have done is when they, if they have permission from the seller, they'll do a live stream. So go on Instagram live for property one, two, three main street uh-huh. and the seller or the listing agent will be in there and you can go, uh, you know, on Instagram live or Skype 
between 2 and 3 p.m., and I'll walk you through the property live. And if you have questions, I can show you via the camera so you can actually see it more than, let's say, a virtual tour, which is more of a kind of, you know, a mm-hmm. video game where you're walking through. You can't look under that cabinet. You don't, you don't get the feel for the house. Like you no. don't get the smells. You don't get no. the, I mean, you see how it looks, but I mean, so I yeah, guess what most people have to do. Noise yeah, you stuff. don't hear the plane noise. But but also yeah. it sounds like to me that you have to put an offer in to actually decide whether you want to buy the house. Then you got to pull out. It's going to make things more complicated. Yeah, seller discretion. Every It's case by case. Every seller has the full discretion of, excuse me, <clears throat> how they're going to market their property. Um, and then I would just advise them on here's the most extreme by waiting or let's dial it back and say, you know, virtual tours only, uh, inspection subject to, uh, accepted offer, uh, move out first and then we'll have a vacant property, which will be easier to sell, uh, or just allow showings and, you know, make sure people don't touch anything. And it, you, you know, it's a broad spectrum of safety and health risks. Okay. Last thing. Everyone who, now everybody wants to move and live here in Los Angeles. We're both Canadians. We both live here. We love it. Where is the hot spot before COVID or where do you think people should be looking to buy (laughs) a place in Los Angeles right now where they can get an amazing deal? Well, the Valley's inexpensive or um, there's places like uh, Lemert Park or Lemert Park um, uh, near Baldwin Hills. So those are the two, but I, I'd say for families, uh, affordable areas is the Valley. Nice. Um, that's in the San Fernando Valley, which is like Studio City, Sherman Oaks, Encino, and then it kind of goes from there and north. It's really, really, really freaking hot in the summer. <laughs> yeah, it's warmer. It, it is ten <laughs> degrees. So if it's if it's like twenty at the ocean, it's 25 to 28 in uh central los angeles or mid city and then you're into the 30s in the valley but Mm. we have a pool so you know come over for a swim (laughs) dave thanks very much for doing this i really appreciate it oh thank you